All right. Welcome, everybody, to, uh, to Blackhawk Church. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, welcome to uh, all of our sites, all of our venues, everyone who's watching us online, everyone live here in the room, uh, to my Mandarin-speaking friends, Dijonzi Meiping An, to my Spanish-speaking friends, Bienvenidos a Blackhawk. Estamos muy contentos de que estén con nosotros. Uh, we're one church in a lot of different locations. It's great to have a chance just to be able to be together again today. So we are in week two of, uh, of the short little series that we are doing right now called Uniquely Us. Next week, we're starting into a series, 10-week series on Philippians. But for right now, second week of, uh, of this particular series called Uniquely Us. And last week, we talked a lot about chili. So it was chili week. And, uh, and as we talked about that, I talked about, uh, just to refresh your memory, three different recipes of chili that, that my family loves. There's Hallworth chili, which is more traditional chili. There's the sweet potato chili, which is amazing. And then there is this um, white bean chicken chili, which has more of a Mexican flair to it and is incredible. All three chilies are amazing, but all of them are incredibly like unique and distinct from one another. And, uh, and so because of that, um, whenever I hear, okay, we're having chili for dinner, I need to realize, okay, that could mean very different things. You know, now all of them are amazing, but each one has its own unique and distinct flavor based upon the ingredients that it's, it's made from. And uh, so in the same way that there are great chilies, there are also great churches. And uh, all kinds of churches, but that have a different feel from each other. And so we talked about last week how in Dane County, in this area that we live in, there are amazing churches doing incredible stuff. But if you were to take the time to take a look at those churches and our church, you would realize that each of us, we have our own unique flavor. Lots of us have similar ingredients, but it's kind of this collective effort of all the different ingredients, ingredients that give us our unique flavor as a particular community, as a particular church. And so we figured, hey, at the beginning of the fall, as we get into the beginning of the year, as we have lots of new people who are coming around to all of our sites and all of our venues, checking out our church to see who we are, as well as a lot of us who have been around for a long time, it could be worth it just to talk about what's our chili recipe. In other words, to talk about here why we do what we do the way that we do it, and, and to talk about those things really from the, a particular unique perspective because for people coming through the doors, you're trying to figure out if this is the right place for you and uh, to figure out, in other words, if you like the chili, and we wanna help in that process by just letting you know who we are. But the bigger reason for it is because as a church, our desire as a community at all of our sites and venues, all of us collectively together, that we'd be a community of people on mission together. Therefore, it's important to understand why we do what we do the way that we do it. And so to those of you who reached out to me this past week and said you, I, I heard from a lot of people saying you liked the message last week, and I really appreciate that, that it kind of resonated with you. Um, <laughs> even more so, thank you to all of you who sent me pictures of you making chili this past week. 
I'm telling you, the amount of pictures that I received like on my social media email text of like pots of chili or like bowls of chili on a table or a family eating chili together. Like, it, let's just say the chili was flowing in Dane County. <laughs> this past week. And um, I also, I had people reach out and go, hey, those three recipes you were talking about, any chance that like I could get those from you? And I was getting those all over. So I just went ahead and posted them on my social media, which to anyone who wasn't at church, they're like, what are you doing? But, uh, but to all of you, you get it. So on Instagram, on Facebook, if you're interested in all three recipes, they are available for you to be able to go and grab at those places. But we, um, we kind of set aside six different ingredients within Blackhawk that we feel like give us a unique flavor as a church. Now, there is a card that hopefully you had the ability, last week it was available, this week it's available, half sheet of what we're calling our six distinctives. Really, they're the six ingredients that we're talking about in these two weeks. And uh, you can grab those at all sites and venues on your, way, um, on your way out of the building. But we talked about two of them last week, that we teach the Bible and we expect transformation. Like that as a church, our desire is to be a place that teaches the Bible deeply, yet in a way that's accessible, but to do it for the reason so that there can be life change. In other words, our hope is that all of our lives, by the message of God's word, that we would be transformed into a different type of people. And really, that's the reason why we do everything around here at Blackhawk Church. I mean, Sundays, worship, groups, uh, courses, serving opportunities, all the things that we do are really for this perspective of us being transformed. I mean, if we're not being transformed, then why are we doing what we're doing in the first place? So those were the first two ingredients, but what I wanna do this week is I wanna go into the next four ingredients and cover those this week, so we have a lot to cover. And these four ingredients, really, if you look at them, they kind of break down well into our mission statement that we talked about last week, our mission statement of building a community to reach a community. So if you look at the four different ones, when you think about it, we are multi-generational and we are multicultural. They fit well into build. We are building a, a multi-generational, multicultural community. And then in order to reach a community by loving the university and loving our city. That's really where we're headed today. So we have a lot to cover. So I wanna dive into this together. First off with starting with multi-generational. You know, Blackhawk, being a multi-generational church really is one of the first things that drew me to Blackhawk back in the fall of 2000 when I came on staff. Rachel and Hannah and I moved to Madison from Colorado back at that time. In fact, I actually have a picture of the very first day that we pulled into town. So that's me and Rachel and 10-month-old Hannah back at that time, standing in front of Blackhawk back when we were on Whitney Way. And it was the first place that we pulled into when we came to town. And one of the things that I loved about Blackhawk Church, you know, I was being hired into this position to do college and young adult ministry, but Blackhawk very much, even in the midst of the different generational type things they were doing, they desired to be a multi-generational church. You see, back at that time, there were lots of different churches that were starting actual Sunday church services geared towards a particular like age group audience. They were having a young adult worship service that was, that was geared specifically towards young adults. Young adults would go to it. If you weren't a young adult, you didn't really go to it. And, and there were churches that were doing that, and, and they were successful. 
But we had just decided as a church that we valued so much the idea of being a multi-generational church, of worshiping together in the ways that we do things, regardless of where we're doing it. I mean, I know we have different services that kind of have a different feel and a different vibe, but, but none of them are geared just towards a particular age group audience. People can go wherever it is that they want to go. We want to be that, that type of a church. And let me tell you, like the impact that that's had on, on my life and, and my family's life, like not just talking as a pastor, just talking as a person of Blackhawk Church, it's been massive. Like for instance, when Hannah got to the place, I got her permission to share this, by the way. Uh, when Hannah um, got to the age where she was going to kindergarten, you know, we're at the beginning of the school year, she's going to kindergarten. And Hannah at that age was kind of an, like an anxious, nervous little kid. She, um, you know, like she didn't like change she would cry a lot in situations. And so we ended up walking her in to school every day. Like not just like to, the, like to school, but like into school, into her classroom. People do that the first couple days of school. We did this with her every day through March. We're the only people, the only parents walking their kid into school at this point. And we're, like we're sitting there, Rachel and I, we're talking about this. We're like, are we horrible parents? Like, what is, like, is there something wrong with our daughter? What is, is she, like, are we gonna be, like, when she gets to high school, are we gonna be like, yep, walking in, sophomore year, here we go. Like, is she ever gonna leave the home, you know? Or are we just, like, like, how, what, why, all of these questions. But you see, the thing is, within the church, we had some, we had some older couples who we knew within Blackhawk, godly people who, who love the Lord and, who played a big role in our lives. And we went to them, we were telling them about the situation and they would just sit and listen. And they would tell us, you know, they were farther along with their kids. They told us about things that happened with their kids and the way that things worked out okay. And they prayed for us and they would give us some advice. And that became a lifeline for us. Rachel and I have had like marriage struggles at different points. Because I mean, we all know like if you're married, it's not if you're gonna have struggles, it's when you're going to have struggles. And we had people who walked us through those particular seasons that we went into. We had different financial questions at different times of people that we could turn and talk to and ask questions just to the practical things of life, but who were godly people helping us to see Jesus in the midst of those things. It was massive. And it wasn't just for us. We saw this in our girls' lives. You know, as they, they were involved big time in elementary school, middle school, high school ministry. And during those times, they had, they had older women who were helping to mentor and disciple them through those stages of life. And as parents, that was huge to have those people. You know, because like we would, we would turn to our, our daughters and we would talk to them about like, hey, be careful of the amount of screen time that you're doing. And we would just get like the perpetual eye roll, you know, as a parent. And then, and then these, these older women who were like mentoring our girls would have a conversation with them, talking to them about like being careful of the amount of screen time. And our girls would be like, oh, that's like acting like they were the most wise, discerning people ever. I'm like, I told you that a week ago. And they're like another perpetual eye roll from them at that point. Like, but the impact that these people had on our daughters, 
Flip side to that, I remember when Hannah hit, hit middle school and got to the age where she was able to start serving in, in B-Kids ministry. And now she's not the youngest one. Now she's the, like the older one, like the cool one, you know, within the classroom who's having an impact on, on a younger generation. And so she's pouring into a younger generation, but we're seeing her own walk with Jesus start to change because of the way, not that she was being served, but that she was serving. You see, there, like you all, there is beauty in the multi-generational church when we take it seriously. It actually talks about this in scripture. Can I read, can I read what it says, what we have on our distinctive here for multi-generational church? I was supposed to do this earlier. I got so excited, I forgot. It says this, and thank you to our tech people who are following me, even though I'm really hard to follow. So multi-generational, we value people in all stages of life, knowing that everyone has something to contribute in every season of life. We want people to find their place for community and growth, not only among their peers, but across generations as well. We get this idea from a passage of scripture like that we see in, in Psalms, Psalm 145, and this is just one of the places that we find it. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. You see, it's this picture of, of us understanding the greatness of God through the way that one generation affects another, by the way that we understand Jesus through the eyes of somebody at a different age and stage of life. It just builds our relationship, our understanding of who God is. And so with that, I wanna, I wanna speak for a minute to a, a, couple, different, a couple different audiences. One is, um, I wanna speak for a minute to all kids, all students at, at, at any of our sites and venues right now. If you're elementary school, middle school, high school student in the room, I just wanna speak to you for a minute. And I, I want you to hear the fact that we love having you as a part of our church. Like, we love it. And I know right now that you're here in the room and you're most likely sitting next to your parents. And the reason why is because you really didn't have much of a choice in being here today. It's like your parents are here, so you're here, regardless if you really wanted to be or not. Like, I get that. But I'm telling you, God desires to use you in our church in a massive way. Like as a senior pastor, I want you to hear me say, you, you are not the future of the church, you are the church. And there are things for us as a church, as a whole, for us as adults to learn from you in the way that you're experiencing God right now. And in the same way, like I want to encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities that you have right now in this stage of life to have people who are older than you pouring into your life, other than just your parents, who can help you to see really who Jesus is. You know, and so like here at Blackhawk, like, I mean, with everything that we are doing with launch for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, with the things that we are doing in middle school ministry and high school ministry, if you're not in a home group, I just wanna encourage you to take that step. And I know that in this stage of life, like it's stressful, there's homework, there's extracurriculars, there's all kinds of stuff that you are doing outside of that. But even if it means that potentially you have to cut back a little bit on the things like that that you do in order to make time, I just wanna encourage you to take that step because there are things that God desires to do in your life right now to help you understand him if you'll allow him to through people who are older than you and have done more life with you.
There's another crowd that I wanna speak to as well. It's kind of to the other gamut. I wanna speak to people in the room who are um, retired and beyond. And the reason why I wanna talk to you is because I, I hear from time to time, not just at our church, but from other pastors who I know, from other churches, that, that as you get to that stage of life, that it can be easy to, within the church, to start to feel like you are invisible. In other words, that you are not needed as much as, as you used to be. As things start to be more geared towards families or young adults, you know, a younger population, you can start to feel like you might be forgotten. I just want to tell you, the role that you play in our church is so massive. We need you in the game. The way I look at it is if you're here, if you're not dead, you're not done. So, and God desires to use you. Look, God desires to use you. I'm so, yeah, sorry. So <laughs> God desires to use you in massive ways in the lives of other people because of the life that you have lived, the insight that you have bring, the, like the, the wisdom and discernment that you have to pour into a younger generation. Man, what you have to offer, no one else can do. And there are places all throughout our church without all kinds of different age groups that are in need of people like you just to be able to walk alongside them, help them know that life's gonna be okay, pray with them, love them, and give them advice based upon the mistakes that you made in your life, just to be able to see Jesus more. You see, if we can get this right as a multi-generational church, the impact, it can be massive. But I got to keep moving because that's just one of the ingredients that we have so far. We've got to keep moving and get to the next one. The first one being multi-generational. The second one that I want to talk about is multicultural. And multicultural is one that is, is newer to our church in a lot of ways. It's been going on for years now, but it is, it's a newer one. And, and the reason why I say that is because I know it's one that people feel like we have put a lot of emphasis on over the last handful of years. Really, we've seen God working in our church multiculturally, multi-ethnically for years. Like almost like not long after we moved into this building and we started to see God do things through this small group of Mandarin-speaking people who were coming to our church and just gathering in our atrium that then became a Bible study, that then be, that became a small worship service, which now has become what we know as Black Hawk Chinese ministry under the care of Pastor Charles Huang. Things that have happened within our church within African-American ministry as we saw Mount Zion Church, as we partnered with them and all kinds of different things that we were doing. And finally, under Coley McNair, they, they came to us and said, we'd love to just become a part of Black Hawk Church. And from there, Black Hawk African-American ministry was, was founded. And then from there, from our Asian-American ministry that was founded and, uh, and the way that God is working in that group of people to then this fledgling Spanish-speaking community that meet every Sunday, you know, here at Brader Way to be able to gather together with other native Spanish speakers to do a Bible study before coming into services. And now I've been told that, like, we have a couple of community groups that are um, speaking in Portuguese. You see, like, I just see the ways that God is doing things. It's so much bigger than us. This has been going on for a while. So we talk about it a lot. And the reason why we do is because for something to become a part of your DNA, it has to be spoken about a lot. In other words, there has to be emphasis on it so that it doesn't just become something that's like a flash in the pan for a short period of time. Because we desire for this to become a part of the culture of who we are as a church. We say it this way when it comes to this distinctive. As a multicultural church, we embrace God's vision of a multicultural kingdom. 
celebrating our distinct ethnic cultures while worshiping together in loving community. And so as a multicultural community, we benefit from one another and we image God to the world. This whole idea of multicultural church, like we get a picture of this in in scripture when we see the way the church becomes as Jesus returns in the book of Revelation. If you go to Revelation chapter seven, where it talks about this, the author says this. He says, after I looked, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and and before the Lamb. Massive throng of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, worshiping God as one church, one community, one kingdom, one family. And the idea for us now as the church here and now is to be moving towards that vision. That's what God calls us to. You see, because like the, the reality is like with the world that we, that we live in, we live in this world where we are, we are wrecked by this natural instinct that all of us has to be with people who are just like us. And so we end up kind of circling up with people who are like us and, and not really having to do with much with other people. And, and because of that, like that's the root cause of injustice, cruelty, hatred, bigotry and racism that we see in the world. That's where that all comes from. And so think about this. God creates this countercultural community called the church. And his desire for this community would be people of all different types of backgrounds and cultures and colors of skin and, and nations that they would be able to come together to celebrate the differences of one another. And, and within that, from learning from one another, we would actually understand more of who Jesus is because of the way that we understand each other. That's God's desire. And it's the reason why we continue to do what it is that we do here at Blackhawk. It's the reason why we have times for minority culture to be able to gather together in their different groups and then to come together to worship in the same way that we do that with like middle school, high school, college ministry, 60s plus ministry at Blackhawk Fitchburg, all of these different groups gather together, but then we come together. It's the same principle. Look, is this gonna be hard? <laughs> Absolutely. Are we gonna have a hard time understanding each other? Yep. Are we gonna step on each other's toes at times? Yep, for sure. Are we gonna misunderstand each other, have to ask forgiveness? Yep. But is it worth it? Absolutely it is. This is the type of community that we're moving towards. This is where we're ending up someday for all eternity. Therefore, it's worth it for us to start moving that way now. So when we think about building a kingdom, we think about building this multi-generational, multicultural community of people who are used to just hanging out with people the same age and stage of life who look just like them and do life just like them. We wanna break that to see the richness of what God brings when we see God through each other's eyes and encourage one another in each other's lives. That's what we wanna build. And we wanna do that for the reason of loving our city well and loving the university. So let's keep moving. Let's go to the next one. We love the university. This is what it says. 
We love the University of Wisconsin and our local colleges, and we care about engaging the campus in thoughtful and loving ways. We believe that reaching the university campus is, is reaching the world. You know, Rachel and I, um, we love spending time with college students. I was hired here as the college pastor. It's just kind of a part of who I am. We still, we still spend time with college students on a regular basis. We, like, we'll have them over to our house to do laundry, you know, and when I said to do their laundry, not our laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I caught the loud, yeah, 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 we have them over, they do our laundry, they clean our house, it's amazing, it's a blessing from the Lord, you know, so, no, 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 do their laundry, we feed them, and, uh, and we love it, but this one in particular, this loving the university was one that we had to look at as a church leadership team and actually spend some time to ask the questions like, okay, is that still true of us as a church as a whole? Uh, because a lot has changed at Blackhawk Church. Back when I was hired, we were at one church closer to campus, you know, all one location. And the reason why I was hired is because the amount of like undergrad and grad students, not just from the University of Wisconsin, but from Edgewood, MATC, because for any of you from those places, we love you just as much. But we saw all of these undergrad and grad students coming through our doors and we're like, we gotta do something with them. So they hired me. Metzger, come in and figure it out, you know? And, and, but we, we noticed as a church the way that God was moving, but we had to ask our question, is that still true of us? I mean, yes, we, we have one of our locations in, in the heart of UW's campus at Blackhawk Downtown. Shout out to Blackhawk Downtown and all university students and everybody connected. We love you so much. And honestly, that is a dream that I never thought would come true with the idea of us actually having a campus in the heart of University of Wisconsin's campus. But it could be easy for us at church to go, so they've got it. And like at a church, we're more spread out now. Like we've got Fitchburg. We've got, we've got us here on the far west side of town. You know, I mean, do we really need to all care about the campus that much? And as we talked about this, we came to the place of going, yep, we do. Because you would actually be amazed to find out the amount of people at our different sites, our different locations, at everywhere it is that's watching right now who are connected to the UW and surrounding colleges, who are faculty and staff of those places that we want to love just as much. On top of that, at every site and venue who is watching right now, people live in the room. I know a lot of your stories. And for many of you, I know the role that UW played in your life as you were a student there. I, I know of all kinds of people who are sitting next to their spouse who they met at the University of Wisconsin. For some of you who you met your spouse at the University of Wisconsin while attending Blackhawk Church, and for you as a student, when you were here, like you came to study days and uh, you, you got into a community group or, or life group here. You found places to serve. You found community here. You got involved with our college age ministry. And, and that type of stuff had such an impact on your life that you're still here. You see, that's what we, that's what we want for so many students. We see the impact that it's had and we go, how can we let go of that? Because y'all, here's the thing. Think about this. We have students here at the University of Wisconsin from all over the country and literally from all over the world. I mean, from like close to 120 different countries. And they come here because of this cutting edge division one university here in Madison from all of these different places. And, and for many of them, they end up somehow interacting with Blackhawk Church. 
and we get to play a role in their lives. We, we get to play a role in their lives in helping them to see Jesus in, in who he truly is. And, and through what they experience of this multi-generational, multicultural church, think about this, they're for, here for a handful of years and then they are going out from here everywhere, all around the country and all around the world. With a better understanding of Blackhawk? No, who cares about that? With a better understanding of Jesus that they take with them everywhere they go. You see, I... When I look at our global impact ministry, I love what our global impact ministry is doing and the amount of relationships that we have with missionaries from all around the country who are reaching all kinds of people. But we would be silly to forget about the idea of the impact that we have on the lives of people for a period of time who are going everywhere. That's why we use the phrase, you reach the campus, you reach the world. Somebody say amen to that. And so we wanna to continue to move that way. And part of the reason why we wanna to continue to move that way is because we love the university because we love our city. We just, we love Madison. We love the city that we are a part of. You know, like, this is the way that we say it in, in our distinctive. It says, we love Madison and its surrounding communities and we engage in good work for the flourishing of our city, leading to goodwill and an opportunity to live out the good news. Like this is the last ingredient that, that we talk about in the kind of the six distinctives, but like this, this whole wording that we use of, of good works leads to goodwill, which gives us an opportunity to share the good news. That's, that's exactly what we wanna see happen. We want, to, we want to, through the way that we serve our community well, we want to build great relationships with people who might not think highly of Jesus in order to have the opportunity to share with them what we knew is true about Jesus, that they might gain a different perspective of who he is and that maybe potentially it might actually change their life. That's, that's why we're doing what we do around here. It's the reason why we do things like, like Love Madison, where we take a Sunday and rather than coming here to the building to worship, we go out into the community to worship by serving people, serving schools and parks and all kinds of nonprofits with just incredible amounts of man hours to be able to love our city. Why? Because we love our city. It's the reason why we do things like Advent Conspiracy, which will be coming up at Christmas time, where we encourage everybody within our church to... Um, to, to spend a little less on ourselves at Christmas and to give a little more. And we pool all of that together and have the chance to be able to see our resources go out and affect people's lives. 100% of all of that going outside the walls of our church. It's just massive to see what God does. It's the reason why with everything that we do you know, within our church together, with, with the different nonprofit organizations and ministries we have, we just desire to pour more people and more resources into them. It's because we want our city to flourish. It's a biblical idea. You know, back in the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to the people of the nation of Judah after they had been exiled from, from, from Babylonian captivity. Babylonians had come in and taken over Judah. And, and, and so the people were exiled to all kinds of different areas. And in that time, the desire of the, the people of Judah were to kind of hole up and protect themselves from outside scary people and just to continue to be the people who they were. But Jeremiah... And God spoke through Jeremiah to give them a different picture of what he desired to do with them. Verse seven of chapter 29 says this, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you to into into exile. 
Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You see, we do everything that we do here because we love our city. And we, we believe that God's desire is for us to love our city that way. Yeah, I, I love the city. You know, when I think back to, um, when I think back to my years at Wheaton College, where I was for undergrad, spent four years at Wheaton. And after that, you know, I moved from South Florida to Northwest suburbs of Chicago to do college. And at the end of that time, um, I vowed to never be back in the Midwest <laughs> because I just thought winter was totally stupid. And, uh, and so I left with my diploma in hand and headed back to South Florida to never return. But I made the mistake of falling in love with a Midwest girl. And, uh, and so after a few years in South Florida, we made the move to a little colder temperatures in Colorado for a few years, Colorado Springs, and then from there ended up here in Madison, just slowly, perpetually colder, which makes me really nervous of where we're headed next whenever <laughs> that is. So, but uh, in all honesty, like winters, like dark, cold winters are really hard for me. You take the sunny South Florida kid who grew up on the beach and you put him in the heart of the Midwest and... That's kind of painful. I mean, I deal, with, I deal with seasonal affective disorder, you know, and um, it could be a hard place for me to be. And, uh, and so I had always had, you know, grand thoughts of heading somewhere back south. Fast forward to just four years ago. And uh, when, when the elder board of Blackhawk came to me and asked me if I would be open to taking time to pray about with them, whether or not God would be leading me to be the next senior pastor at Blackhawk Church. And here's the thing, I was not looking for this position. I was happy at Blackhawk downtown as a site pastor and had these thoughts of going south again. And we knew, Rachel and I knew, if we said yes to this, this meant a long ride in the frozen tundra. <laughs> and, um, and so we took the summer to pray about this. And as we got together with the elders, we believed that God was doing something inside of us, setting us up for this position. And so as I sat down with the elders, the first question that they asked me is, so Matt, why do you wanna be senior pastor of Blackhawk Church? <laughs> My answer was, I love this city. I love this place, you all. Like God has done something in the heart of a South Florida kid to cause him to fall in love with this Midwestern city because I love it. I love you know, weekend Saturday mornings on the Capitol Square at Farmer's Market. And I love date nights with Rachel on State Street. I love going to UW sports events to be able to kind of be in the energy of everything that happens there, along with like during the summer going to Madison Radicals games and Madison Mallards baseball games. I love the music scene here, going to the Orpheum or the Majestic or the Sylvie and seeing live music. I love, I love running along the lakeshore paths that we have here. I love being on the lakes, having a chance to go and wake surf or stand up paddleboard on any of our lakes. Oh, it's just the, the best. I love eating breakfast at Mickey's Dairy Bar, grabbing coffee at Ancora, going to you know, Ian's Pizza for lunch and the Great Dane for dinner. I love all of the things that the city has to offer. And on top of that, I love the opportunity that we have as a church. You see, I, I know all kinds of people who live in other areas of the country and they talk about Madison as this, this 
dark, scary place. This godless city with its, with its you know, radical liberal tendencies. And they would never want to live here because of that. I look at it, I love it. I just love it. Because I love being in a city where it's not a guarantee that everyone that you talk to is actually going to think that highly of Christians. I love being in conversations with people who have major like, questions about Jesus and who he is and what he's all about. And the thing, that, the thing that I love, I love being able to be in conversation with people like that, who I know don't like Christians and I know don't think highly of Jesus. And they walk away from a conversation and they go, okay, stop, Matt, pause. I can't figure you out because I don't really like Christians and I'm not sure what I really think about Jesus, but I like you and I don't have a box to put that in. I take that as the highest compliment that I can receive. And I longed, like, I love being a part of a church who desires to be that way in the city because, you see, we get to influence. We have the opportunity. Look, we have, we have the state capital. We have cutting-edge Division I university. Companies that are coming here, they're literally affecting the world. This city has influence all over the place in the way that culture is moving. And we have the chance as a church to influence influencers to help them to see the truth of who Jesus is, that it might radically change their lives. We get the chance to be able to pour into younger generations that come here, not just from the UW, but from Epic and Exact Sciences, who are at this stage of life where they're still trying to figure out, do I like my job? Do I like my career? Do I like where I'm at? And they're headed into marriages, families, all the decisions that we've had to make at some particular time. And we get the chance to walk alongside them and to help them to see how Jesus desires to influence their lives, that they might affect the world it is that they live in. You see, I love this city. And so I dream about the idea of a church of all of us, all sites, all venues, watching online. What if we were on mission doing this together? What could, that, like, if, as we buy into that more and more, what could that look like? You know, um, <laughs> a few days ago when I posted all of the, the chili recipes on online. The reason why I did that was because I wanted you all to be able to make the chili. You know why we just took two weeks to talk about who we are as a church, what makes us uniquely us? It's because I want all of us to be making the chili. If what you heard in these last two weeks was, wow, at church, the things they're doing, man, that's awesome. Can't wait for somebody to come and give me a bowl of that because I'm, I'm ready for someone to come and hand me that bowl. I'm gonna eat that. You, if you're thinking that way, you miss the point. Because the idea is this would be something that we would make together, that we, would, that we collectively would be a church who loves God's word and desires to be transformed by it. And through that, to build a community of people who like a multi-generational, multicultural community that loves the city so well and therefore loves the university. If we can do that together, imagine the impact that it could have. Imagine the lives that would be transformed. Imagine the stories that we would hear. You see, we become that kind of church when we become that kind of people. So let's make some chili together. See the way God uses us to build a community in order to reach a community. Let me pray for us. Lord God, 
thank you so much for the, <laughs> the church that you've placed us in. God, and I wanna stop for a minute just to thank you so much for the other churches that are here in Madison, so many that are coming to mind right now that I can't even name them all, and the way that you're working. And even now, as they're doing their services, God, we pray your favor upon them and that you would be working in their communities to use them in huge ways in this city for your kingdom and your glory. And God, we just continue to ask that you would humbly use us as a church that way as well too. That we would be a community on mission together to see your name lifted high. So would you continue to transform our life, making us into those people and use us however it is that you see fit. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people together said, amen.